morning, everyone. How y'all doing? Nope, let me get past the speaker there. Maybe I need to turn the mic on when I get past the speaker. All right, now officially, good morning. How y'all doing? Good, 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 good. Man, I like that last song they sing. That, hey, when the giant comes against my faith, I just run into the arms of Jesus. And I try, I, he's my shelter. He's my strong child. That's what God's trying to get us to, to the point of with all this faith talk is just to trust him no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what situation, that we just turn to him rather than panic, rather than, rather than turn to natural things, terrestrial things that are just transient and just pass away anyway. His word remains the same today, yesterday, and forever. Amen. So, man, that, that was a good song, wasn't it, Isaac? Man. JJ, we got to get past this Corona business because we got to get the drums set back up because I would rock on that song. That's all I'm saying. I would tear that song up. Praise God for drum tracks. But drum tracks ain't Dave. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Mike, Mike Cox is over there. He accused me of being Millie Vanilli all this time the other week. He said, he said, ah, I know the secret. You're not really hitting anything up there. You got drum tracks you playing to. As if I'm Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Woo! Psalm 118 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. God has made this day just for you, and you have a choice if you want to rejoice and be glad in it. You can fuss about the day, or you can rejoice and be glad in it. And in this day that he created for you, he's created blessings for you to receive. He's also created challenges. He's allowed challenges to come. Why would he allow challenges to come? Because if it weren't... For, if, if you didn't have challenges in your life, there would be no need for faith. There would be no need to actually trust him and, and to try him and to test his word. And the very next verse that we never quote actually says, says save me, O Lord. I pray for salvation. He says, save me, O Lord. And O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. What, what, he, what he's saying is, what the psalmist is saying is, Lord, you've created this day for me, and I'm going to rejoice in it because you've created it for me. And in every situation, you have, you have placed a way for me to be saved through my faith. And not only that, you've placed a way for me to prosper now, right here and now, right in the midst of any trial I have, whether you're in the middle of blessing me or whether it, I'm, it's in, a, in the middle of my faith being tried, I can prosper, I can grow right in the midst of this season, this, this COVID-19 season, where, where it seems like the world is on fire with social unrest and, and people bickering over, you know, everyone's trying to politicize this whole virus issue and all this stuff. It, look, God, God will allow his people to prosper during this time period, I believe, with everything in me. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, we're going to read from, if, if you will go to, uh, as Kate said earlier, if you go to gatheringviridian.com and click on uh, the park service, uh, you can see all the scriptures that are going to be read today. And we're going to start out by reading in Genesis chapter 26. Now, we have wrapped up last week the basics of walking in faith, what it looks like to walk in faith. This is a bit of an addendum to that. Uh, we're, we're still going to talk about faith a little bit today. We're going to talk about a harvest of faith, uh, one way that you can experience a harvest due to your faith, right in the midst of crazy circumstances. Uh, next week, as Kate said, Pastor Bob's going to be preaching for us. So that's going to be good. Y'all get a break from me. Everyone say, woo, glory. <laughs> uh, 
So, and actually, y'all pray for me. I'm going to be out of town. Me and me and my girls are going to go uh, down to Galveston with my sister and stuff. It's a little bittersweet because I was supposed to be going to Galveston to get on a cruise ship, and uh, obviously that's not going to take place. But so we're just going to take a little long weekend uh, with with my sister and her clan, and and me and my girls, and just have some good family time and and, and play it safe, but also get out of town and catch our breath. But uh, so, but this, and, and when when I get back, what we're going to start on, we're actually going to start on a series about the covenant of God, this covenant that God has given to Abraham. There's a series of promises that actually apply to our life, and it's stuff that we already know. But you, you ever you ever get insurance, and you just kind of go, hey, yeah, I'm covered. I know I'm covered, but you don't necessarily, man. If you can ever sit down and read your insurance policy, you you know the details of how you're covered, and it makes you even even more appreciative and it gives you a better understanding. That's what we're going to be doing. And, and, and there's a way that Christ has grafted us into that promise and that lineage. And, and, uh, so, so we're going to, we've been talking about faith for weeks now. Well, now we're going to, you're going to understand why we utilize faith. It gets us into the promises of Abraham and, and this incredible covenant that God has made with us. All right, we're going to try to hurry up because it is heating up already. So everyone say, be fast, Pastor. Now I'm going to do my best. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 26. We're dealing with Isaac, the son of Abraham, okay? Starting with verse 1. And there was a famine. Everyone say famine. There was a famine in the land. Nothing growing. Nothing, no good is coming from that. Just dusty, no rain, no crops, no harvest, no nothing. Anyone ever felt like you've been in a famine in your own life? Just nothing going right. You're trying to do things the right way, trying to believe in God, trying to make things work, and it's just, just a famine in the land. He said there's a, there was a famine in the land other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. Abraham had his own famine to deal with. This was Isaac. He had a, he had a whole famine himself. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. See, that would have made the most sense. There's a famine in the land. You can't grow crops. You can't get anything. Nobody else has anything they can give you to help you. You know, you're in a bad place. It would be easiest just to go to Egypt because Egypt was the, the source of, of uh, power. Egypt was... The, uh, was, was the most prosperous nation, the most powerful nation at that time. Uh, they had storehouses of supplies, even for the sake of the famine. It would, have been, it would have made more sense and been logical just to head to Egypt. But God said, no, 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 don't go to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. You ever felt like God's told you to do that? Lord, it would make most sense if I could just do this. It'd take care of the problem. And God says, nope, don't do that. Don't do that. He's trying to move you into a place of faith. He says, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Isaac, I've got a land for you, and I'm going to tell you where to get to it, and that's where you're going to live. I don't want you going back to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. Sometimes we want to go back to Egypt. Sometimes we want to go back to the world, back to things we're familiar with, back to places where we think other people are prospering. We want to try this and that. And God said, no, I've got a place for you in the spirit. I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. You're going to have to trust me. He says, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land, which I will tell you. Dwell temporarily in this land. I've got to dwell in this land. There's a drought in this land. 
You want me to dwell in, he said, temporarily dwell in this land. If you're here and you're going through your own personal drought, maybe it's a spiritual drought, maybe, maybe it's you, whatever it is, whatever trial you're going through, and it just feels like a long drought in your life, it's temporary. And the Lord may want you to dwell. The Lord, would you save me from this? Well, the Lord wants to save you in it. But you may have to be there for a while for a purpose. Why? Why do you want me to dwell temporarily in this land? He says, dwell temporarily in this land and I will be with you and will favor you with blessings. God wants to bless you right in the middle of your drought. God wants to show you favor right in the midst of your lack of harvest, right in the midst of your time of discouragement. He may want you there so he can show up in a big way. And then he repeats this covenant that he said to Abraham. We've talked about this covenant some in the last week, in the last few weeks. He says, for to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father, and I will make your descendants. All this starts sounding familiar. I will make your descendants to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your posterity all these lands, all these kingdoms, and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, or by him bless themselves. So he told him, he goes, look, all these promises I gave to your dad, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to honor that covenant. But then he goes on to say, for Abraham listened and obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commands and my statutes and my laws. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. He said, look, I promised all this stuff to your daddy and he had faith. He trusted me. He believed me. Isaac, I'm asking you to do the same thing. Don't go to Egypt. Don't go to the place where you think all the prosperity is and all the provision is. I will be your provision. Stay right here in this land temporarily for a season. Even though it's in the midst of a drought, even though ain't nobody else getting any harvest, even though nobody else is getting being prosperous, I want to favor you and I want to prosper you if you'll just trust me and have faith. So it says that Isaac stayed there. Isaac stayed there. I had a friend uh, before he got saved. He was actually a drug dealer, and he made quite a bit of money, and and was uh, on the run from the law. Matter of fact, if if those of you who may have watched the series Breaking Bad, that was almost a documentary of my friend's life. His name was Steve, and then he came to the Lord. And of course, he walked away from that lifestyle, which meant he walked away from a lot of money. He walked away from a lot of, um, a lot of issues. And, and he wound up, the Lord gave him a wife. The Lord gave him beautiful children, but financially he struggled, uh, you know, cause he didn't have any other skills. Like he, he eventually became a contract painter, but he wasn't even making a decent living with that. And, and it was hard for him because he said, okay, I know I'm obeying the Lord, but man, it just sure would make, I know how to make money doing this other stuff and my family could prosper. In other words, he was wanting to go back to Egypt. He was wanting to go go to Egypt. And, and, and I kept telling him, I was like, look, look, you, you, you used to put your faith in your product. You used to put your faith in the addiction of all your clients. But now you got to put your faith in the Lord and just trust that the Lord is going to have your back. All these years later, he's still living for God. He's doing well. 
And matter of fact, he's his his daughter's about to get married and 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 he's looking forward to eventually being a grandpa. I mean, he's the Lord's blessed him and prospered him, but he had he had to trust God in the midst of a famine when it's he felt like he wasn't living up to what his family needed and providing the way his family he's like, Man, I could have provided large for him doing this other mess. But he had to trust in the Lord and and, his, and the Lord honored his faithfulness. So it says that Isaac stayed in Gerar. Now let's hop to verse 12. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. Look what Isaac did in the midst of this famine and being obedient and trusting God. It says, then Isaac sowed seed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. Can I suggest today that sometimes the, the, the best time to sow and sow with your life is in the time of your famine. If you need love, if you have not been experiencing love in the way that you feel like you need it, that's the time to sow love. If you feel like you need some blessings in your life, that's the time to be a blessing. If you feel like you need a financial breakthrough in your life, that's the time to sow obedient to the Lord. I'm not trying to suggest that, hey, so into the kingdom of God, and that's your jackpot financial. I'm not trying to say that. You be obedient to the way that the Lord directs you to give, and he'll honor it. If, if you need favor in your life, start showing favor and grace to the people. Sometimes in the midst of your problems and your trials and your famine is the greatest time to be obedient and to sow. Isaac sowed seed when nobody else was. That didn't make sense. You could have eaten that seed at least, fed your family with it. But he took it and he was obedient to God and he sowed. He could have went down to Egypt and sowed it. They at least could have irrigated it with the Nile River or whatever. But he stayed in Gerar for a season temporarily and he sowed and God blessed him a hundred times more than what he sowed. That's how God works in the kingdom. What is it that you need today that you're experiencing a famine in? That's what I encourage you to sow. It's a principle that, that he teaches in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretenses or professions or by his precepts being set aside. He inevitably, he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. Let me just pause there for a second and give you a little side note. Yeah, you know, we've talked about, uh, last week we even, I, I mentioned it, you know, there's a lot of, man, you can't even hop on social media or just the internet without folks wanting to debate and fuss over this and that. And, and I see Christians all the time getting all upset because folks may speak out against some of our principles or, or speak out against the word of God or even speak out against God and religion and everything else. And we, we just bow up and feel like we need to defend it and stuff. Look, you can't, def God doesn't need your defense. He's God, you know, uh, you don't have to defend truth. If truth is truth, truth will stand all on its own. Uh, God, the Bible says, God's not going to be mocked. Look, God will take care of all that. Don't you worry about that. Our job is to love folk, even if they disagree with us, even if they can't stand us, even if they're against what we stand for and what we believe. Our job's still just to love them. Keep loving on them. You know, the Lord will sort it out. We don't have the power to change anyone's life. It's a full-time job for the Holy Spirit to try to change Dave's life. 
You know, I can't even change Dave's life, much less anyone else's life. So if I got to depend on the Holy Spirit to change me, I definitely need to depend on the Holy Spirit to change somebody else. I don't have the power to do it. So don't, don't waste your energy and don't waste your time doing all that, but rather start sowing love. Why? Because you're going to get love back. Because watch this. It says, for whatever a man sows, whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. For he who sows to his own flesh or lower nature or sensuality will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. Why, why is that? If you sow something that's of, of the flesh, if you sow hatred or negativity, or even if you, if you think that you, well, hey, I, I need to, I, I want to sow, everyone makes a big deal about money. I want to sow money. Well, money's, all of that is, everything is terrestrial. In other words, anything, this world, it's, it's decay. Our bodies are decaying even right now, no matter how healthy we try to be. We all eventually, this, at least the shell, we all eventually end up compost, don't we? And the natural, it's our spirit that, that lives forever. And it's the things of the kingdom that you want to sow. So, so he's like, look, if you, you, if you concentrate on sowing things of the flesh, well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to reap decaying dead things. <laughs> you know, those, those are the things that you're going to reap. But if you sow, it says that, it goes on to say, uh, but he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Keep doing the right things, folk. Even if you're in the midst of, of, in the midst, uh, of, of just a dry, dry spell in your life in the midst of a famine. Keep doing what you know to do. Keep speaking faith. Keep doing all the things we've talked about these last few weeks. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Forgive people. Believe the things that you can't see sometimes. Speak the things that aren't as though they were over your life. Do all the things that you know to do because if you don't faint, if you don't grow weary, according to Galatians, you will reap a harvest. It's gonna come back. It's the way it is. It's about giving. Before you can receive anything in life, you got to give it away. Before you can take another breath, you got to give up the air that's in your lungs. Before you can receive love, you're going to have to give love. Before you can receive forgiveness, you got to forgive. You got to let things go. That's that's the way it works. Say, well, man, I'm trying, Dave. I don't have a whole lot of I don't have a whole lot of faith. It doesn't take a whole lot of faith. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus shares uh, a parable, and we'll wrap it up really quick because I know it's heating up. Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 31, it says, Another story by way of comparison Jesus set forth before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. All of, the, of all the seeds, it is the smallest, but when it is grown, it is the largest of the garden herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and find shelter in its branches. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed. It literally looks like almost a grain of sand. It is that small. And it's an herb. Mustard is, herb, is an herb. Now, some of you have herb gardens that you grow. I think one of the last times I... Uh, before the whole quarantine thing, I think one of the last times I stopped in at the Noblets 
uh, I think Mackenzie was showing me. She was all proud. They, she was starting to grow an herb, herb garden inside. And I don't know, they had like cilantro and basil and all that good stuff. I was like, man, I'm coming over here to eat after a while. Uh, but all these little herbs. Well, if you've ever seen a mustard seed, one of the times that, uh, and I've heard this parable taught all my life growing up in church, but uh, one of the times I had the opportunity to go to Israel, take a tour group over there, which I'm going to just speak this out in faith right now. The day is going to come that Gathering Church will take a tour of the Holy Lands. That's awesome, man. If you could take, you can get a group of about 30 people. You get your own bus. You ain't got to worry about other groups. And, and you just go out and you have a good time. And the word of God will come alive. You can, it's, it's better than, y'all remember flannel board in Sunday school? That was like the most awesome thing in the world, man. They'll pop those Bible characters up on flannel board and man, the, the Bible came to life. Let me tell you something. That is, you go to Israel, these kids think they got to because they got flat screens that they can do Sunday school with now, man. Flannel board was it. You go to Israel, that's the best flannel board on the planet, man. All of a sudden you start, you go into a certain location and read the scripture and read the story that took place there and you can see it and imagine and everything. Man, it's, it's a powerful thing. But I remember we were just outside of Capernaum and we were walking in and our tour guide, our Israeli tour guide stopped and said, hey, this is a mustard bush. And uh, I had never seen that thing was probably about 10 foot radius and, and, and taller than me. It was just, matter of fact, it looked like a giant weed and, and, and its branches were thicker. And, and I stood there amazed because it's just an herb. It's an herb plant. It's not even a tree per se. It's just a big, giant weed-looking herb. And it was, and sure enough, there was a couple of little birds that were in there that it, it was strong enough that they could come and rest and take a little break and get a little shelter and then and fly off. But but I sat there in amazement and actually looked with my own eyes and thought this whole thing came from a grain of sand, a seed that's about the size of a grain of sand. And in that seed, it holds every ounce of genetic material to create this big, ginormous bush. That's huge. But yet, that's how the kingdom of God works, Jesus said. If you can just muster up a little bit of trust in him, that amount of faith, the Bible says he'll count it as, as righteousness for you. In other words, he'll say, hey, look, you're thinking right now. You're acting right. You're talking right. You're doing the right thing. You're trusting me. If you can just trust him just a little bit, you'll see a massive difference in your life. It'll have such a huge impact in your life. Life-changing stuff, I'm telling you. And sometimes you got to muster it up right in the midst of your famine like Isaac did. There was a famine in the land, and out of obedience, Isaac sowed seed and reaped a harvest 100 times more than what he sowed. Isn't that like God? That's pretty phenomenal stuff. Let's all pray. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your word. And sometimes you ask us to do some of the craziest stuff. But Lord, I, I trust you more than I trust anything else. You've been more faithful to me. You've stuck closer to me than, closer than a brother, just like your word said. And Father, I pray that you'll show yourself to be even more real in the lives of everyone who's hearing this, the, the sound of my voice, whether they're here in person, whether they're on the live stream, whether they're just cruising by on bikes or on foot, Lord, allow your word to manifest in their life and to be more real. Help us to prosper even in the midst of 
famine, even in the midst of difficulties and hardships. Encourage us. And Lord, just remind us that we just dwell in the famine land temporarily, that you do have purpose and destiny and a promise for us to dwell in in our life. And we just thank you today. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen.